0: to the battle cry podcast with convention of states action president mark meckler you can watch the original live broadcast sunday nights at 8 pm eastern time on the convention of states facebook and rumble channels hey everyone mark meckler here and i'm the host of the battle cry it is sunday night and that means it's time for the battle cry so i'm back with you i don't know if you can see but i think both the dogs are in residence we've got winston over there and got levi over there they're on their matching beds uh for those of you who don't know me uh I love my Great Danes. And those are my Great Danes in the background. So Levi's kind of the old dude. He's been around a long time. He's 10 and a half years old. Winston's the young buck in the house. Uh, He's just about two. He shares a birthday with me, which is March 10th. So I'll actually remember his birthday. Does it matter if you remember your dog's birthday? Like, are you a bad person? I can never remember my dog's birthday. I love my dogs, but I don't remember their birthdays. They're spoiled every day of the year. Anyway, let's get into it. Enough of the dogs and we'll get into some politics here. First this week, I wanna give you your sort of action item for the battle cry for the week, and that is to spread hope. You are going to hear a lot this year. We talked about this last week, about how dismal everything is, about how apocalyptic things are, about how nothing is gonna be the same after 2024 if we don't win this election. You're gonna hear a lot of bad stuff. And to be fair, a lot of it's true. There is a lot of bad stuff going on out there. I'm not a Pollyanna about this stuff. I pay attention every single day, but it's important to me to always have hope. You know, people can survive without water for a while, without food for a while, no hope, no life. Literally no hope, you go down. And so you need to have hope. And so one of the things that you can do as a great patriot, and this is literally helpful to the cause of patriots all across the country, is you can spread hope. So one of the things we're gonna focus on this year is not just all the bad stuff that's going on, because you get that from everybody. And by from everybody, I don't just mean people that you don't like. But I mean, people on our side, people who I love, you get bad stuff. They tell you because this is their job about the bad news going on in Congress, maybe in uh, foreign relations, maybe in our economy, maybe at the border. And we talk about some of that stuff too. It's important stuff, but it's also important to let you know, it's not all bad. Now, there's lots of good stuff going on all across the country. There's lots of good news going on all the time. And I don't mean, you know, like, Surpy sweet stories, I mean actual solid good news. So I'm gonna start with this one, and this comes to us from a guy by the name of Roy Texera. It's spelled R-U-Y, his first name, Texera, T-E-X-E-I-R-A. He's got a substack. Uh, Roy has been known for a long time as a liberal political scientist. But, and don't, don't chastise me yet, don't get all over me, he's an honest liberal. He calls it like he sees it, he does really deep research. He was one of the guys that I think coined the term demographics as destiny. He thought with a growing minority demographic in the United States of America that we were going to see Democrat dominance permanently. He no longer believes that. He's now personally debunked his own theory about that. Uh, He had to move over to American Enterprise Institute because, on the left, once he abandoned that theory, they started attacking him. He realized that they're trying to silence him. So he's now at a place which AEI would describe as very libertarian where he can actually speak his mind freely. He's got conservative colleagues there, libertarian colleagues, uh, and he is definitely still of the left. He's just honest on the left. And he has a story right now out called the progressive youth chimera. And and what he means by that is, and I'm going to do a little bit of reading here. I don't normally do this with you guys, but I want you to understand some of these really exciting statistics. What he means is that young people are not as progressive as the left would like you to believe or Maybe they're just mistaken. They're just kind of fantasizing. And so I I want to kind of run through some of these stats because I think they're going to blow your mind just like they blew my mind. Data from the split ticket and analytics site based on average of December cross tab data shows Biden carrying 18 to 29 year olds by 11 points. You know, that sounds like a lot. He's got an 11 point advantage, greater than 10%. But that's a 12 point pro-Trump shift from 2020. When well, you think about that, in four years, not even four years yet, a 12-point shift away from Biden to Trump. That's pretty really incredible. Also pollster John Della Volpe conducted a number of mostly uh collected a number of mostly December, 18 to 29-year-old crosstabs on his site, and they show a six advantage point for Biden for voters under 30. That's a 17-point shift for Trump relative to what he saw in 2020. So what is going on? It's really hard to know. And this is where Texera, I think, as a political scientist excels, he dug in and he looked at things that are affecting their votes. So you've got all these like far left liberals, what we would call the hardcore progressives, pouring money in to things that they believe that young people like, but they're wrong. So if you look at the actual numbers, the, oh, for example, the overwhelming majority, 65% of 18 to 29 year old voters identify themselves as moderate to conservative. Boom, right? Does that blow your mind? I'm going to repeat that. The overwhelming majority, 65% of 18 to 29-year-old voters identify themselves as moderate to conservative. I I mean, that is actually extraordinary. I would have never guessed that. Now, the level of self-declared liberalism is is higher than among other age groups, but it's not even close to the majority sentiment. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Now, if given a list of political labels that they can choose from, they can select as many as they want, only 22% identify as progressive. That should blow your mind, 78% do not. Now, it's a little bit higher than among older age groups, so in other words, this youngest cohort, a little bit more progressive, but it is barely higher than identifying with the label Republican. On immigration, 49% of under 30 voters consider Biden more liberal than they are on the issue. 29% think he's more conservative. Think about it. Under 30, young people, not like me with gray in the beard, 49% of them say Biden's more liberal than them. 46% consider more liberal on the border. 44% consider more liberal on asylum seekers. I mean, these are incredible numbers. More of these voters think that the U.S. should take in Fewer rather than more refugee asylums and asylum seekers and more think the U.S. should be stricter rather than looser in granting refugee or asylum status. More under 30 voters prefer an approach that would increase border enforcement and make asylum and refugee policy stricter to one that would increase legal pathways to immigrate to the United States. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. Consistent with that 24, uh, by a 24% margin, this age cohort 18 to 30 say that they would like a bipartisan deal that pairs immediate aid to ukraine and israel with border security and stricter asylum standards i am stunned by this and i'm excited by this i mean these are great numbers let's switch to a different issue how about on the craziness of gender ideology and the transgender issue 48% of these voters, now remember, these are basically Gen Z voters we're talking about, the youngest voters. They consider Biden more liberal than they are on these issues. And by 10 points, 10 point differential, voters under 30 oppose the idea that transgender individuals should be allowed to play on sports teams that do not match their birth gender. By 10 points, right? So when you think about, oh, we've lost the young people, I hear this all the time, we have not lost the young people. In fact, it appears they're coming our way. On crime, 40% of 18 to 29 year old voters think Biden's more liberal than they are on the issue. And by 12 points, they think criminals aren't punished harshly enough. Yahoo, I agree with that. They don't think they're punished too harshly, not harshly enough. These are kids that think this way. On oil and gas exploration, they're all about global warming, right? Wrong. 45% believe Biden's more liberal than they are. 30% think he's more conservative. On climate change itself, 41% think Biden's more liberal than they are. 43 to 40% relatively even split, but in our favor, under 30 voters say they support the U S increasing domestic fossil fuel production. And when given a choice of three energy policies, they have surprisingly moderate views. 29% think we should end fossil fuel use and switch exclusively to renewables. 63% say all of the above strategy. That's generally the smart strategy. We should do everything. Right. And so again, they, their views mostly comport with your views. I, I mean, I think this is really interesting on, on a, here's another study that backs this up on energy uh, in a 6,000 person survey by AEI survey center on American life respondents were asked about their preferences for the country's energy supply by 64 to 36, The voters 18 to 44 favored using a mix of energy sources, including oil, coal, and natural gas, along with renewables. I mean, that was versus phase out the use of oil, coal, and natural gas completely, relying instead on renewable energy sources such as wind and solar. So basically what it looks like is these younger people, they're pretty moderate. They're not radicals on this stuff. And again, I'm telling you this because this is good news there's lots of bad news, but you should also know that there, there is good news out there. Uh, here's another one. Uh, in a 3,000 voter survey conducted by YouGov for the Liberal Patriot, that's Roy Texera's site, uh, it said, uh, they offered the following choices. We need a rapid green transition and the use of fossil fuels. We need an all of the above strategy. Or we need to stop the push to replace domestic oil and gas production. Uh, among the same age group, 18 to 44, progressive for preferred first position, which is ending the use of fossil fuels and rapidly adopting renewables. It's a minoritarian one. It was just 36% and the most popular, all of the above. I'm telling you that there are multiple studies on the same thing. So it's not just one poll. I mean, what we're seeing is that it's different than what the media is telling you. And what we're seeing, and, and this is amazing for Roy Texera to keep saying this. He says right here, demographics are not destiny. Can't be repeated enough. The Democrats or Destiny thesis seems to attract Democrats like moths to a flame, uh, but it's not true. It, it is absolutely untrue. He said, We've been here before, the rise of non white voters. Here's how the argument's being repurposed. If voter groups favorable to Democrats, racial minorities, or now younger generations are growing, while unfavorable groups, whites, and now older generations are declining, that's good news for Democrats. This is called a mix effect, a change in electoral margins attributable to the changing mix of voters. And that's what people think about when they normally think about demographics or our destiny. What Texera is showing is, yeah, that's just not true. And so I think this is really important to summarize how it applies to generations. While the mixed effects of generational succession can indeed favor Democrats, these effects are fairly modest in any given election and can easily be overwhelmed by shifts in voter preference against the Democrats among older generations. So no free demographic lunch is what he's saying. He's saying you actually have to persuade people with good policies i think this is great news for you and me so the link is here we're going to have it for you i'm just asking you when i tell you good news spread it around because it's good news okay here's another good news story for me i'm a hertz renter i travel a lot uh i'll be traveling next week i generally use hertz where i can it's the one that i have sort of the most points on it's the easiest for me i don't have to go to the counter But one of the things that's been driving me crazy is they've been beefing up their fleet with electric vehicles i'll never use one and while there's some philosophical basis to that it's also just practical like i don't want to have to wait to charge a car if i need fuel and i'm out on the road i want to be able to just get my car fueled up and be on my way i don't want to have to try to find a charging station so right now cnn reports yes cnn so maybe you can't trust it hertz is selling one-third of its electric cars to buy gas cars instead The reasons that they're citing is they're citing higher maintenance costs, lower residual value costs. All of that is true. But I will tell you from my experiences that when I go to these lots at these big airports, the Teslas are sitting there. The other electric cars are just sitting there because everybody has the same problem as me and they don't want to rent them. So good news for those of you who don't think the government should be forcing or companies should be forcing us to buy electric cars. Uh, Hertz is dumping a big chunk of their fleet. I think more is coming, I'm going to predict. All right, number three in the good news category. Uh, This is really interesting. Polling, by the way, it's just a snapshot. So don't rely on it. Polls can be manipulated. And honestly, because they're just a snapshot, what's true today might not be true tomorrow. But here's what's true today Republicans have a nine point lead on the generic ballot. Nine points. This, according to Rasmussen's reports, Uh, they are nine points up right now, 10 months out from the election. Republicans are awesome at blowing stuff like this. So, It's true right now, by the way, in 2022, which was supposed to be the red wave, the Republicans had a seven point lead on the generic ballot. So it doesn't always translate into electoral victory. But if you have to choose where you want to be, you want to be nine points up or nine points down, probably want to be nine points up right now. That's the time to double down efforts. Uh, If you're looking to elect conservative candidates, uh, go with the momentum and get in the fight right now for your favorite candidate. Number four. And again, another piece of great news. Uh, This goes with our other immigration stuff today where I was giving you some immigration polling among young people. So we have right now, uh, Hispanics saying that immigration is their top concern. This is really bad news for some politicians who love open borders, pretend immigration isn't a problem. Uh, This is from Hot Air. Uh, The headline is, immigration is now a top priority for Hispanics unbelievable the story is from yesterday uh i think this is going to make obviously democrats very unha- unhappy here's kind of the summary hispanics are the most likely racial group to rank immigration as their most pressing matter that's according to the associated press uh, norc center for public affairs and research and this is really incredible 43 percent of hispanic adults identify immigration as the number one priority for the government to address number one And that's way higher than any other category of respondents. 36% of whites, 29% of Asians, and 19% of black respondents. So moreover, 35% overall of the American adult population name immigration as a main issue. uh, And that is an absolutely extraordinary number. So immigration is at the top of the list. Uh, There's a huge fight between Texas and the federal government on immigration right now. So that means that those of us who believe we need to close the border, get tough on immigration, yeah, Hispanics are with us and the American public is with us. That's good news for people who think like us, people who think like me, we gotta close that border. There's all kinds of hideous problems tied to that. And and by the way, the, this polling among Hispanics, it's been increasing over the course of the Biden administration. I think that's important. This is not just a snapshot, it's a trend. The same poll last year showed the percentage of Hispanics who considered this top priority was 27%. So now 47% is closing in on the halfway point of that demographic. And by the way, Democrats absolutely have to have this uh, because if they don't have Hispanics, they lose the election. Uh, this is really interesting. If you wonder uh, if they are thinking, well, it's a top priority because we want more immigration, a separate poll in December found only 3% of that voting block want amnesty for illegals. So. This tells us very clearly that what the Biden administration is doing on the border, it affects everybody. And it is absolutely affecting Hispanics uh, and they are trending away from Democrats because of this. So that's good news, obviously, for Republicans, that's a top priority for Hispanics. All right, uh, here's another one. I mean, I think this is actually good news. I really like it, uh, which is Chris Christie has dropped out of the presidential primary on the Republican side. Now when Chris Christie drops, There's a titanic earthquake or tidal wave that takes place at that moment. Chris Christie's out uh, and it's actually, it's not surprising because he has basically nobody looking to vote for him. Going into New Hampshire, I think this has an actual effect. So in our who's hot and who's not, Chris Christie, obviously not hot. Who is made hot by that? Now it looks like it's very possible Nikki Haley is pulling within striking distance in New Hampshire of Donald Trump. I don't think that means she's in striking distance overall nationally, but she is pulling within striking distance. Well, you had Christy pulling 12 points there. I think some of those are going to Nikki Haley. I don't know how many. I don't know exactly what percentage. I don't know if it's enough to push her over the line, but it's definitely a boost to her. It's not a boost to Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis is running in the Trump lane, but it is a boost to Nikki Haley. So I would say in the who's hot, who's not, Donald Trump remains in the top spot. He obviously is the hot candidate uh going into the republican primaries as they get started but in new hampshire i would say right now it's uh nikki haley is also got a little bit of hot going on a little bit more heat to her campaign chris christie he's ice cold and he is out next week for cos i'm going to be on the road i know rick santorum is going to be on the road we're going to be meeting up in kentucky on thursday so you can look on our website and get the details on that at conventionofstates.com and you can see where exactly we're gonna be, when we're gonna be there. We're gonna be doing what we call one of our surge events at the state capitol. I'll be there, Rick will be there. We'll be wandering the capitol. We'll be meeting with grassroots activists. Our activists will be going around. They'll be lobbying the state legislators. Uh, that's a weird state for us because Mitch McConnell himself, a good old Mitch the turtle, is an opponent of convention of states. Uh, he's never come out and said it publicly, but I know he puts pressure on that legislature. So they're gonna work this year really hard to overcome that pressure from Mitch the turtle. Uh, we're gonna have a good time with a bunch of the grassroots activists. I always love being on the road with Rick Santorum. So he and I are gonna have some fun there. Uh, I'm gonna be in Houston earlier in the week for some other political meetings, nothing that I'm doing publicly, but I'll be in two states this week. Like I said, Texas in Houston, and then off to Kentucky. All right, we're gonna go to Q&A because that's my favorite part. Before I do, I wanna remind you of COS at Home. That's with Chip Roy on January 17th. Uh, you're gonna see that right here on if you watch on Facebook or Rumble. Uh, You go to conventionofstates.com forward slash COS at home to register for that. And you can see Representative Chip Roy, an endorser of Convention of States. I think a true blue conservative. Look, I know people are giving him grief about some of his positions. I don't think anybody's perfect, but I think Chip Roy is as good as it gets in the United States Congress. I think he's one of the smartest members of the House of Representatives. I think he's got a true blue conservative heart. So join us for COS at home with Chip Roy on January 17th. And let's go to the Q&A. Uh, first question is from Regina Munchel. She said, "Can we sue President Biden and other other government officials who are keeping the borders open?" Well, we can't, but some people are. There's all kinds of litigation going on right now. There's a bunch of litigation between the state of Texas uh, and the federal government. That's Joe, aka Joe Biden. Uh, so that litigation is going on. I think there are other litigations going on around that. So yeah, there is litigation that can be had against the president and his administration for keeping those borders wide open. And I think it should be. I think we're gonna see more of that. Uh, America First Legal has been involved in some of that stuff. Check it out. Full disclosure, my son works in America First Legal, run by Stephen Miller. I'm a big supporter of that organization. Uh, Mary Ellen Probonsky asks, what's happening with the TV show? Mary Ellen, here's what's happening. I will be in Nashville uh, the 23rd and 24th for meetings around that. And we're just looking to place it right now. We've got three episodes that are complete and ready to go. Those are our pilot episodes. Uh, That's called, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's called the Mr. America Show. The premise of the show is no, no, I'm not calling myself Mr. America. It's that we're going out across the country and we are seeking Mr. and Mrs. and Miss America, regular folks like you guys who are doing extraordinary things, uh, really making a huge difference, stories that otherwise people wouldn't know about. And I want them to see your stories because I want them to know There are good things happening, like I keep saying, and that you can be the impetus. You can be the leverage point for some of those good things. And so we've got some great stories to tell. We'll have a lot more to tell if we can get the show sold. That's what we're working on right now. The show is packaged up. There's what we call a sizzle reel. We're developing interest in the show from a bunch of platforms. who might want to put it on their platform. So I'll keep you posted as that develops. Gary Schwarzenberger asks, any update on the Texas Sense Sunset Clause? Uh, If y'all aren't aware, Texas put a sunset clause in their COS resolution uh, years ago, and that sunset clause will expire in 2025. So in next session, uh, which is the 2025 session, Texas is a biennial legislature every two years. Our activists will be working hard to remove that sunset clause or pass a new resolution. I think we're going to get it done. I'm looking forward to it. I love this kind of a fight. Our Texas activists are awesome, and they're geared up and ready for it. Uh, Paul Claussen asks, what's the catalyst for getting COS done in Iowa this year? Look, I think we're close. I, we came out of the committees last year. I just I understand we have to go back through the committee in the House again this year. The catalyst is this. Uh, we've been working really hard in the offseason. Rick Santorum, I would say, is the primary human catalyst. He's there. I think he's going to be there again in the coming week. Uh, so he's spending a lot of time in Des Moines, a lot of time in the state, traveling around and meeting with people and talking to legislators this is what I would say. If you're in the Iowa legislature or if you're a citizen activist in Iowa, you ought to ask your legislature what they think Washington, D.C. is going to do to fix our problems. Because the real answer is no. Uh, and even if Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or someone like them is elected, there's only so much a president can do. And a president can't really make permanent change other than putting people on the courts. The next administration could swing it back, just like we saw with Joe Biden. So if we want, Permanent change. If we want to save the United States of America, Convention of States is the way to do it. That, and I would say a lot of prayer. I'll be praying for you guys. Don't forget to watch Chip Roy at COS at Home on the 17th. And again, you can register for COS at Home to watch Chip Roy on the 17th at conventionofstates.com forward slash COS at Home. And I'll close with this, which is make sure that you sign up for Convention of States. Go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition that'll let your state legislator know that you're in support. By the way, that's important even in the 19 states where we've already passed, because that's how we make sure it doesn't get rescinded. That's how we make sure we keep legislators involved. And then go to the Take Action tab and get involved because you sitting on the bench and watching, and we don't we don't really take bench warmers here at Convention Estates. We want everybody to get a chance to be in the game. You can be in the game whether you like technology, public speaking, or whether you like being online in social media, whether you're a writer. Whatever you like to do, we can take those talents and help you engage in politics in a productive way. Until next week, I'm Mark Meckler signing off for The Battle Cry. God bless you guys, and we'll see you again on Sunday. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. Thank you for listening.